This Life Ain't For Everybody racks up more downloads per week than any other podcast combined. Yeah, a thousand million. I go above and beyond on that portion of it. It's not like a get up and do a nine to five. <laughs> it's host, Jed Building, is a brilliant broadcaster, outdoorsman, entrepreneur, and snake milker. Who would say that? But he's also a billionaire, former president, you know, friggin' whatever. Everything you're about to hear is real. Real people, real experiences, and real bullshit. When you have to shit your pants, do you do it in front of her? Well, I like to do it in the truck and then lock the windows, you know? They want to make sure that remains private. If I knew the guy that succumbed to that, I would rip his ass. <laughs> Boy, that's funny. This was locker room talk. It makes a little bit more sense now. Kinda. Get ready to experience the audio thrill of a lifetime as Jack Daniels presents This Life Ain't For Everybody with Chad Belding. Chad Belding. Everybody, what's going on? Chad Belding. It's another episode of Breaking It Down. Chad and Alex. Today we get into a random conversation, a discussion on topics from Alex not feeling up to par this week to the rib cook-off in Northern Nevada to special events like Burning Man and how the rain affected it. And then the discussion takes a little bit of a segue into a trip that I experienced the last couple weeks. Uh, It was uh, fun times, but man... Maybe I am getting old at 48 because I have not recovered yet. And then obviously, you're going to hear a little bit more about social media. We talk about it all the time, but is it really beneficial? Does anybody really care? Does it pay the bills? Does it move the needle? Is it just for self-gratification to get these likes and these views? What's really going on with credibility on social media, whether it's singing or cooking or dancing or sewing or fashion? I don't care what it is. It just seems like everybody's putting videos up and who do you trust? Who do you not who knows what they're doing and alex makes a good point during this episode does any of that food even taste good you're going to hear all that plus more right here on another episode of this life ain't for everybody people look at those those guys on tiktok with the 500,000 followers and they go like you said i could do that i could be that guy give me a second alex i know you got a lot to say but you're gonna have to wait a couple minutes we got to pay some bills this life ain't for everybody. Gatlin Brothers were there the night I was, and they were putting on a heck of a show. All and the golden California. Shed building! We'll be back when we want to be back, okay? Being in the backyard at camp. Being with friends and family, one thing that the pandemic did is it got us back in our backyards. It got us staying home more. And man, we just started doing so many cookouts, so much grilling. And we've been partnered with Traeger Grills for the last decade. And I don't know if you can be more innovative than what this brand has done from the new Timberline XL and the new Flat Rock, the Ironwood 885, all of their pellets, their rubs, their sauces, their glazes, their smash burger kit, you name it. Traeger Grills is awesome. And we use them a ton i'm sure you've seen it on the foul life you've seen it in our social media get creative be innovative think outside of the box wild game domestic vegetables desserts pizzas you can do it all on a traeger grill and like i mentioned that timberline xl with that conduction plate i'm talking high heat reverse sear steaks anything you want to put on there gets it done in a hurry after you put a little smoke on them on the grill transfers right over so easy everything is simplified you can download the traeger grills app you can find recipes you can work with pros like matt Pittman at meat church and chad ward at whiskey bent barbecue and so many others from across the country to master these recipes it's simple and that's what traeger is all about they did not want your backyard experience to be complex so when you're thinking of fun and good food and flavor recipes thinking outside the box think no further than traeger grills i can't wait to get back in my traeger grill just cook up something delicious thank you all very much 
Looking for a high-quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and perform its best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials, and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level. Let's kick off another Jack Daniels Presents This Life Ain't For Everybody, the Breaking It Down Edition with Chad and Alex. That's brought to you by their all-new kick-ass coffee blend. It's hot, black, and there's plenty of it. If it wasn't for coffee, I wouldn't fucking be able to drive. I'm like, how many times a week are you going to tell the world that you drink coffee? What a great opportunity to walk up and get a photo. Who gives a shit.com? They got to have some kind of mental deal of like, I think people care that I'm drinking coffee again today. And it can taste like complete crap. People have been doing that shit for years. I'm glad that you saw somebody else did it, and now you're regurgitating it on, on your deal. Grab your own custom blend of it's hot, black, and there's plenty of it today at thislifeain'tforeverybody.com. Then share it on your socials and tag a friend. Now, here's your resident breaking it down experts, Chad Belding and Alex Crosby. You're the only guy I know in his 40s that takes days off to be sick. I've never taken a day off in my You did, life. too. You no, just I, did. You were supposed to be here Tuesday. I, I, I told you I would come, but if I got you sick, I didn't want to hear about, oh, you got me sick. Were you contagious? It's so weird now, dude. Like, after COVID, they make you feel guilty about... Like, remember you used to, like... I always go to work sick and then someone would be like, you got me sick, you know, and it was no big deal. But then they basically told everyone that we were killing their grandparents and stuff. So now it's like, I go to dinner every Tuesday night with my mom and dad, or I go to dinner at their house. I canceled with them too. Cause I'm like, I don't want to get my parents sick. So yeah. But otherwise I think I told you in that text, I, I'm working. I would be out and about, but I just don't, I would feel guilty. You're working, traveling about. How's that going? Good. Really good. Is it? No. I'm not really doing anything right now, but I have to do this. <laughs> this is how all of our podcasts have been starting lately. That you're Wait, not really doing anything. One day, someone's going to be like, holy cow. Well, I have to do the air races next week, so I really didn't want to, you know. What are you doing for those? Well, I don't want to tell you what I do on here, but uh, Same I Same thing you do for the rodeo? Yeah, yeah. Why can't you tell me what you do? You don't have to tell me what you do, but why can't you? Well, just because oh. we don't want people to know, you know, that. I got you. What's going on out there? What about Burning Man, dude? <laughs> are they still stuck out there? A you lot know, of them got out of a lot of them got out, but I I also heard that it was uh it wasn't as bad as the media led everyone to believe. I'll imagine that right now. I saw a a video today about all the trash that they're leaving though in Reno and Fernley on their way out, and everything covered in mud and just like they always do every year. I don't know why. After all those festivals, there's so much garbage and stuff left behind. I don't know why we would think it'd be any different with Burning Man, but the um. Fourth of July at Lake Tahoe is a prime example of that. Oh, 100%. It's disgusting. I saw a thing the other day, you know, those couple day festivals where they allow people to camp at them, the music festivals, just like Burning Man, but it, whatever, Golden Gate Park. People just walk away from their tents, you know, because they'll go buy a $60 tent at Walmart and sleep in it for three days, you know, oh, yeah. two days, and then just go, I, I got no use for a tent. And they just leave it set up and everything. And they go through with a sweeper, you know, and just mow them all down and throw them all away. Taxpayer's dollar. Yeah. Yeah, it's freaking that whole scene though, man. Like a lot of people were laughing about it and happy for it. Like Burning Man has never been an issue in my opinion. Me neither. Like I know antelope hunters, maybe some sage hen hunters that go that way that time of year. Nothing else is open. Maybe archery deer, but it's really just antelope hunting that get caught in the traffic a little bit, you know? 
But they're like, I heard people go, oh, it's good for them. I'm like, why? You want that event to be a success. Mm-hmm. You want them in and out. You want the desert left untouched, which Burning Man has always done a great job yep. of their, their motto's always been leave no trace. When we did the toilets out there, they were the clean. They enforced it. They were cordial. I mean, they didn't want any problem. They're just, mm-hmm. you know, there's Chris Rock, like hitchhiked out of there. Some other celebrities are, uh, there's always been a celebrity gathering that has gone to Burning Man, but the amount of money that it brings to this area, dude, it's unreal how many 70,000 people, and I bet you 80% of them travel through Reno to get there, if not more. Yeah. Because the people come from Washington, Oregon, they come down Winnemuck off of I-80 and they cut over, but I bet you 80%, if not more, come through Reno, Nevada to get to Burning Man. I feel the same way. I saw a bunch of people on my social media you know laughing and they were happy that they were getting rained on and stuff i look at it like any event i don't i didn't want the rib cook off to have that rain when you think about the amount of work that goes into an event and and the money you know burning man's a little bit different but i mean you know the money that's made at at those events that why is burning different because there's no money made during right you know those people paid big money to be a part of it and and there's all that ancillary business that that benefits from it right the toilets the garbage the temporary offices the generate there's tons of people that make money off of burning man and and those people all still made their money where i just was thinking about you know the rib cook-off they the vendors out there lost money because the the weather and there's nothing anybody could do about it but i mean it is what it is when when it's raining people aren't eating ice cream people aren't standing in rib lines you know like they would if it was a normal yeah, sunny you saw day it on monday when yeah. you went by there monday when the, the storm broke on the last day of it on labor day it was the lines were and i talked to the guys at at the beer company and and they said the, the lines were absolutely jammed yep. on monday because people were itching to get down there i went down there on Sunday, you were down there. Yeah. And it was raining a little bit, but then it broke and it was nice the rest of the night. But the problem is, right, you got you got from eleven to nine to make that money at the rib cook off. And if it rains from eleven to four, now you got four to nine to try and you just can't make it. You can't make ribs fast enough. You can't scoop ice cream fast enough. You can't pour beer fast enough. I want those people to be successful. And I want but when I I heard some people they were so giddy about Burning Man having to go through that. That's just not cool. No. Because that could happen to any of us. Like, let's say that everybody that I heard that from has kids. Your kids are all looking forward to the big tournament, right? And then you get there and it's a down torrential downpour and they got to sit in the hotel room all day. That's happened before. Oh, yeah. And that sucks for those kids. They want to get out there and compete. Yeah. But that's the same kind of deal. These guys have been looking forward to Burning Man all year. And for that kind of a storm to come through. And those guys, they're probably like laughing it off like – you know, we, you know, most of those people are pretty happy go lucky. Oh, yeah. But still, to go outside of your tent and then to, that, that wasn't, that mud's not normal. Oh, no. And then how do you clean yourself off when there, you don't have an, yeah. you don't have a shower? You got to wait for the shower truck to maybe drive by your feet, your shoes, your, they're probably wearing Birkenstocks. So, you know, your sandals are all just covered in freaking oh. alkali mud. You're throwing all that stuff away. It's, well, you're not just throwing it away. You're uncomfortable during that it. too. Yeah. Like you could be the biggest hiker hitchhiker transient gypsy like hangs low like sleeve of wizard um you know you you could have all of that mindset but when you got to sleep in mud nobody likes that when you have to sleep soaking wet it ain't comfortable no and that's same with you're not going to be at a party dancing if your boots are rubbing mud into your skin all night long and tearing your skin apart because that's what that mud you know oh yeah that's what they said that mud it's got like a crystalline 
you know, base to it. Basically that, that alkali is like a crystal. So it rubs you, you know, all mud's uncomfortable to walk in, but that stuff's like apparently 10 times worse. And yeah, it sucks. It, it ruined. I mean, a lot of people are going to say they had the time of their life anyway, and maybe they did, but there's no doubt that it ruined a lot of people's times out there. And I mean, a lot that of sucks. people had a lot of people that were out there left early because they knew that if they didn't, they wouldn't be able to get back to where they needed to get right. after Labor Day. Then that's, they, that's the way I interpreted it anyway. Yep. And they didn't get to burn the man on the normal night. They didn't get to do the temple on the normal night. So thousands of people missed what when that did event. they do the man? Like, they ended up doing it Monday, I heard, at night. And I don't even know if they did it. I, I, I just heard. Labor Day Monday? Yeah. So everybody was gone. Yeah, they couldn't do it Sunday night. No, they, they weren't gone. They were stuck out there. Well, a lot of people got out before, like you said. But then a lot of people, they were still there. But then I honestly never saw any video of the man being burned. So I don't even know if it went off. But I know they postponed I it. I haven't seen any of that. Yeah, I've I, just seen mud videos. They might not have done it. The last I heard, they couldn't do it. I don't know if it got wet or... If they didn't want the people in the mud around it or what, but they were not burning it. They did not burn it Sunday night for sure. And they were planning and hoping to do it Monday night at midnight. And I don't know if they did. But again, you've got to understand it could happen. Labor could happen day, anything Labor you day, do, man. Memorial Day and Labor Day are iffy vacation weekends in Nevada. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. Oh. I've been on Memorial I've been on Memorial Day. I won't go camping on Memorial Day because it's usually going to snow up north. Yep. Right? And you look forward to that first camping trip of the year. It usually doesn't work out. Nope. Some years you say, well, I'm not going, and then it's 80 degrees. Perfect weather, right? And that's the thing about those events is that, like the Reno Rodeo's slogan is what? The wildest, richest rodeo in the West? Yeah, but also Bob Tallman or somebody always says something like, rain or shine. You know that slogan? Oh, like, yeah, 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 It's going to go off, right? Yeah, yeah. They almost didn't get it this gonna, year, though. Huh? <laughs> they almost didn't get to this year. That, op- that opening night concert was almost canceled because of the rain, too. Yeah, but that wasn't rodeo, though. That was yeah. That would be an open stage, but with no cover on it. Well, no, but it was the it was the dirt of the arena. Yeah, I don't know if a horse or a bull could bucket. They that. they won't. They I won't let them break out. Their ankles. They'll break their legs. Yeah. Yeah, probably any of the events. I mean, I don't know what that means, rain or shine. But you you hold an event like Burning Man, you're taking a big chance. I mean, you're there a month in advance setting up, right? That thunderstorm might not have been projected. It probably wasn't. It just come in there. And you're just taking a chance all the time in an outdoor event like that, period. Well, in Nevada, with as dry as we are, you you, the last thing you're really worried about is rain, right? I mean, they might think about it out there because they're on that dry lake bed, but like... The rodeo, I didn't. I don't throw a, a raincoat in my gear for being at the no, rodeo. No, not at all. Never in Nevada do we have those. You know, you'll get a thunder boomer roll through and soak everything a little bit. But to have it, I mean, that first night of the rodeo, I mean, it rained nonstop for hours. And it was like, this is not Nevada. Like, I know a lot of places see that kind of rain, but we don't. Oh, and you're then talking to, about the opening concert? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't go to it. Was it hammering it? Right before. And that's what they were afraid to bring the stage truck in because the mud was so deep. Actually, the first stage contractor said, we're not going in there. Can't bring a big oh, rig so in there. Oh, this is before they set up. Yeah, yeah. That's what they almost had to cancel that concert. because really? they, the nobody fir- could get in there to set up the stage. Well, the and- first stage guy canceled, like, last, not last minute, but it was, you know, it had rained so much. He said, I can't get a tractor trailer in that arena on the mud. So they called another company that had a smaller stage, and they said, yeah, we'll do it. And we watched them because you can barely get a big rig through the chutes anyway. Because one thing, if you can get a running start at some mud, you know what I mean? So they had to slowly go in there. And I mean, it that tractor sank. It was leaving huge ruts all through the arena, which they had time to obviously till it all back up. And But then it continued to rain. And they said, if it's wet like this, we can't have the animals go in there. 
So they were nervous the whole first, you know, couple of days of the rodeo. Yeah, it's, it was a very wet summer for, I mean, considering. Yeah. For our area, it was a very wet summer. Did you um, participate in the ribs at all, or you just went down there and got stuff to go just, that one Just day? that one night we got it to go. It was good. Did you get the corn? Did you? No. I, I have never, five years that I worked scooping ice cream at the rodeo, never ate the corn. And all my time going to the event, never ate the corn. We we got the corn. It was so good. You know those guys, you know, he's selling yeah. tinfoil wrap. in the husk. Yeah. So good. I had passes to the village and I went in there and ate, um, Lip uh, Smackens is the sauce, but Butch's. That place, Butch's, man. That dude's got it. Oh, yeah. He's won it before. I don't know who won it this year. Did you see by chance? Porky or Porker Girls won first place. Really? Yeah. And they are pretty good. Uh, And then Big Daddy's won um, Best Sauce. Those are the only two things I look at. Memphis's line, that place, Memphis or this side of it. That that line was a mile long. Was it south of Memphis? Yeah, west of Memphis. Yeah, whatever. He's good, though. He. He's got the dry rub one. He's got a good location, and he freaking stand. He's the one guy that stands in front of his place and talks. Do you see? Did you ever see him? Yeah. You know he's out there hype, and he has music played. His but he does it right, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's got good barbecue too, but he does it more. You know what I mean? He's out during the no, prime it's a time. Show. It's an it's a show. Deal. That's exactly. What, but, and well, he's you know he's playing the blues and Bill Street in Memphis, and then playing some pop and yep. getting people dancing with the customers and. Yeah, that event's cool, man. That event, uh, the music they had at it this year, the Gatlin brothers were there the night I was, and they were putting on a heck of a show. All the gold in <laughs> California. Um, but somebody else was there a couple nights. Uh, the night before was Warrant, Cheese My Cherry Pie. Yep, that's good. And then the night before that was another country singer that I – oh, Colin Ray, who's a badass. Yeah. And he's kind of got roots and sparks, you know. He's I didn't even know Colin Ray was playing. I probably would have made a little bit of an effort to go see him. You know what's funny is I, I've worked that event for the last five years with the ice cream, and then this year I didn't have to work it, and I said, I'm going to go down there. And that's why when you invited me, I'm like, dude, can we go another night? Because I couldn't do Sunday. But we ended up – what, we end up in Frisco. We were up until two – well, you were gone. So we were in San Francisco Monday, drove home Tuesday – Oh, I had to cook that dinner is why I had to miss it, right? Is that the same week? Yeah. Yeah. That was a – dude, that trip that I did, oh, I it wore me down. Like, I don't get worn down. I'm usually good to go. But I went – you want to hear my trip? This, mm-hmm. this is this is the short version. Fly through Dallas on American. Get to Dallas. Delayed. Four hours already. Mm-hmm. Till 8.50. No, I was supposed to leave at 9, and now it's at 11.30. So, it's two and a half hours. That night you're a, talking? I had a four-hour layover to start. Now it was six and a half. And I'm like, dude, I've done this before in Dallas with American Airlines. When it gets delayed that late, your plane usually never leaves. Right. Because they don't fly past midnight, usually. Got on the plane at 11.30 or 11.45, sat in it for an hour with not one word. That's what pisses me off is that these airlines don't be, need to be held accountable. And I think that somebody just sued them or American or one of the big airlines just had to pay like $4 million or maybe more than that. And people having to sit on planes too long. And I'm like, holy shit, how do I not get part of that? Not one bit of communication until they feel like it. Right. So you're sitting there like, it's hot as hell. It's like 100 degrees in Dallas in the first place. They don't have the AC running the whole time because the jet's not on 100%. Something's up. Sure enough, he finally comes on. Hey, they're looking at a screen. Be back with you in 15 minutes. We already been on there 45 minutes an hour. Comes back on. They're still looking at it. I should have an update in the next 20 minutes. Well, in 10 minutes, he comes back on and says, hey, guys, gather up all your stuff. The flight's been canceled. They'll have vouchers for you out front. Go out in lines a mile long. Taxi voucher to the hotel. 
The worst hotel I've ever stayed in in my life in this part of Dallas by Six Flags. It was a Super 8. It was embarrassing to be in it. Disgusting. Voucher with the taxi back in the morning. But here's the deal. I didn't know when my flight was. I never got a text, you know. And when we were, they put us in cabs to share. So going over there, the, the people I'm sharing a cab with got a text, 9.01 the next morning. So I'm like, oh, that'll be perfect. I can still get the net. Now I'm already missed my first Nashville night. Now I'm going to be in there late. I got a meeting at noon, the 11.30 the next day. I'm like, that'll still let me make my meeting. Never got the text. So now I don't sleep good. Get up, take another. My second shower of the night, it's hotter than hell. These air conditioner won't work. <laughs> cool myself off again. Never got a text. So now I set my alarm for 5 a.m. And it's already 2.30. By the time I get out, get over there and get the taxi and the room and all that shit, wake up exhausted. Just happened to call the American Airlines line. Lady answers. But the night before I tried to call before I went to sleep and it was like one of those recorded message. We're experiencing call high, high call volume right now. Hey, ma'am, this is what's going on. She goes, I got you. Da, 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 da. Puts me on a flight for 2.30. She's like, but I'm going to get you on standby for the one o'clock. And I'm like, well, is there anything earlier? She's like, well, there is a 1045, but it's full. I could get you in the top 10 for standby, but do you have time to get there? And I'm like, yeah, I can got, I got time to get there. I'll get, I'm, I'm freaking, it's all, you know, it's somewhere between 530 and six at this time. And I'm like, I'm going to get over there and freaking get on standby. And I made it, got mm-hmm. on standby at that 1030 flight. Nice. Finally get into Nashville. Have to postpone my meeting, have my meeting at dinner that night. Guns and Roses Saturday night, Sunday, Gary LaVox. Monday, Drake White's benefit for the brain at the Ryman with Jamie Johnson, Riley Green, and Randy Hauser. And we were a, a sponsor on that. So went to that at the Ryman. Flew to you on Tuesday morning. Get to Dallas. Everything's on time. Then that flight to Sacramento's on time. And when I get off that plane, dude, I'm exhausted because mm-hmm. of the night before the Guns N' Roses concert. And what we do? We went straight to the hotel. Get done up a little bit. Go meet you know who for lunch, which that was unreal. Well, we went to lunch with them at the what's it called? Tadish Grill. That place I recommend to everybody. Oldest restaurant in San Francisco. It's Third good. oldest restaurant in America, they say. Mm-hmm. Have an unbelievable crab Louie. Yep. Crab Louie. Go back. And clam chowder. And all I want to do is freaking take a nap. And then you're like, no, we got to go. So I rally. <laughs> we go. And then I did. The mistake I made was inviting Blake. Because he, I knew he was going to want to go out in San Francisco. All go right. to the game. Have a blast in the box with you know who. And then with Will Clark. And then. Will goes to bed. Well, we go back to the rooftop bar at the Via, the Hotel Via. They take such good care of us. Have a blast. And then we made the mistake of saying, let's go out from there. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get back in until, what, 2.30 in the morning? Yeah. Dumb. Remember that Denny's? At, oh, my God. That Denny's at 2 o'clock I mean, in the who do we think we are, Francisco. dude? This is what you tell this audience all the time is that this is your life. You love to party. Like, oh, man. Dude, that, so we go. We're eating Denny's omelet at 2.30 in the morning. Get back to the hotel. You get up. You guys get up at like eight. I got up at nine and rallied and went with Brad downstairs, went straight to the game. I was going to say, you went to another game, right? Went and got our tickets, went to the Giants game, went out to the outfield, got some crab, got some shrimp. Mm. I didn't drink any beer. I wasn't about to drink. I I said, I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking today. So that was on Tuesday. Game gets over, drive all the way to the airport, get the truck. Then me and Brad follow each other to Chico. I go to Rocky's shop. I'm like, I'm going to bed, dude. It's like seven o'clock. Rocky calls. Let's go. We're going to dinner. I'm like, and what do you do? You can't say no. Got to go. You're in his neck of the woods. He's hosting you. So here we go. Sushi bar. Big tuna sushi and Chico. Mm. What's the first thing they order? Sake. Sake. 
Fuck, I'm like, dude, I I can't get away from it. It's like I don't have the discipline to be like, no. And I don't want to be the guy that goes, no, because you don't want to be that guy. It's like, this is the life, right? It's not so, very fun to say no. And I'm exhausted, dude. I can barely use the chopsticks. Like, I'm dropping sushi. Like, I'm barely sipping on the soggy. Like, I'm, I know that I'm either going to get sick or I'm going to need to get a lot of hours of sleep. And Rocky's not a late night guy anyway. And Brad's exhausted too from the Will Clark. He was down in Frisco with us. We call it eight o'clock, go back to the shop, duck camp, get a shower. Didn't turn the TV on or nothing, just straight to bed. Probably sleeping by 9.15. Got up at seven o'clock the next morning, worked all day Thursday, not going to drink, not drinking. I'm working. I got to hunt the next morning, opening day dub, and I'm speaking at Rocky's dinner that night. Go to Rocky's dinner. Colton McKivitz from the 49ers comes up. It's a great Blake's there again. And what happens when Blake's around? Freaking cocktail. Yep. Right. When you're like, well, I'm sure that 49er guy drinks too, doesn't he? He got there a little late. He had oh. a couple. But again, he comes up there and you don't want to just be the first one to go to bed. So 10 o'clock, I got to be up at four o'clock in the morning to make the five o'clock meeting spot because we got ways to drive. Get up, go hunt, smoke the dove. Me, Colton, and, and Rocky. Blake and his dad were on the other side of this almond orchard, almond orchard. Have an amazing hunt. Get done at 9.30. I go, Rocky, I love you. I got a jet. I can't go to breakfast. I got, he goes, come on, man. We're going. I go, no, I got to go. I got to get my mom because I got a date night with my mom tonight. Drive all the way to Reno. And now it's the rainstorms hitting the Sierras at the time. So now there's traffic on the Sierras going over the summit. I, I hope that people aren't thinking I'm bitching. I'm not. This is just this is just one week from Nashville to the, right. the plains and all that. Now, but a lot of people wouldn't do this, dude. Yeah. So now here I am driving over the Sierra mountain range. They're saying it's going to snow. There's getting snow reports for Tahoe that night, which was Friday. I'm picking my mom up in Reno and driving up to South Shore Tahoe, got a room at Harvey's and we're going to the Kane Brown concert. Kane got his tickets. We're right up front, fifth row, center stage. It's raining and they're saying at 9 p.m. it's going to turn to snow. I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. We stayed out in that rain, had a blast. My mom danced. Kane was so cool. He didn't stay. That's a covered stage up there at Harvey's uh, Harris Amphitheater. He stayed out in the rain and just sang really? for an hour and a half, rocked it. I'm like, I'm going to bed. I've got Sean up there. I got Jen. I got my mom. And then guess who's there? Blake drove up there to take his girlfriend to that concert. Next thing you know, Blake says, where are we meeting? I'm like, call. I got to say, no, I don't. 2.30 in the morning, we watched that DJ up there, that black guy that's unreal. It's called like... Up at the South Shore Casino? He reminds me of Steve Starr from back in the day, but he's not karaoke. He just sits there and plays jams and kind of hands the microphone out. It's at Harris. Huh. You got to walk across the walkway and get to Harris from Harvey's and just stayed there and chilled and loved his music. Went to bed finally 2 in the morning, slept in, checked out on Saturday morning, came down the hill, picked up Alyssa with everybody in my truck still, go to breakfast... And then Jim Ray calls and says, we're having dinner at the house tonight. I took those dove, went home and cleaned them all. And I had them in the refrigerator. I left them in my refrigerator overnight when I picked up my mom, cleaned them all the next day, and then did a dove recipe with ribs at Jim Ray's on Saturday night. And then Sunday, went and did rib the village. rib cook-off with Jim and Maury Distributing and Clint and them. And went to bed on Sunday night. And then woke up on Monday and haven't touched a drop of alcohol since. I had probably three drinks at the rib cook-off on that Sunday. Probably two at gyms the night before. Very light. And just, I don't know if I've recovered since. Now you're ready to go again. I don't know if I'm 100% recovered, but like I haven't touched alcohol since Sunday. And now it's Thursday. And we're not recording this on our usual day of Tuesday. It's a Thursday because of your illness. 
That concert's tomorrow night. Are you going to try to go to that? Thomas yeah. Rhett. He's kind of a lover boy, though. I mean, what kind of concert are you bringing to me? I just, I, did, I didn't boy. know Tom's who he was. Country boy got into pop a little bit, but his dad's Red Akins. He's got a good vibe. I mean, you don't have to go. I mean, no, I'll go. I'm taking Alyssa. It's going to be like a chill thing, daddy daughter. Oh, you are that I'm not going. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to go down there and have like a huge throwdown party. Oh, I mean, we can have a drink and a beer, but it's not like I took you to kiss there and you still didn't drink. You were so I, mesmerized. That's all by I the did was drink, show. dude. You did? I wanted some blood capsules to put in my mouth to spit on the stage like they did. You did? Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was a whack. Well, you job. should meet us down there tomorrow for a song or two. Be fun. Yeah, who are you going with? You didn't know who was a weird a whack job? Gene Simmons. Oh, dude. I mean, haven't you ever listened to him talk publicly during no, COVID? I, no, that's what, that's what I, I just saw him on something where he was talking about. I don't about. care how rich you are. I don't care how smart you thought you are. I don't care how much of an entrepreneur Gene Simmons has been to do what he's did with Kiss and the Kiss Army and all the merch he sold and pulled the wool over so many people's eyes because the band sucks. I mean, they're not a rock band. They're not. They don't write good lyrics. Now- do they have a presence? Sure. But if you list the top bands of all time, they're not in the top 200. No. They're a theatrical band. Like they're, they're like these guys from New York that dressed up in makeup and they, Paul Stanley can't sing very good. I mean, my point is, is that I'm glad we saw him and I respect him. But the things he would say during COVID, I'm just like, dude, who do you think you are? I guess I didn't know he did that. Who do you think you are? Was that right before COVID or right after? When we went and saw him? Yeah, that was 2000. I guess it would have been after. right after? Yeah. After it was- Or it was kind of when it was still going on, but loosening up. I know that we weren't wearing masks or people weren't wearing masks or anything like Outdoor that. Outdoor amphitheater. But he was one of the guys that said, if you don't get the vaccination, you're no longer welcome at my shows and you're a piece of human scum for walking around. I'm like, who who do you think you are? It's never even been proven this thing. Who are you to, to say that to people? He was one of the guys that they're quoting that he thought that Americans should lose their freedoms over it. That's what he's grouped it. That's where I saw him. Yeah. You know, Howard Stern did the same thing. Arnold Schwarzenegger, they all made some comment about you should not be, you know, F your freedoms and we should be making everyone get this vaccine. How does Schwarzenegger say that after he's he used Republican to be a, governor? a governor? Yeah. Hollywood, dude. Hollywood elite. Like Howard Stern used to be Republican until he met Beth. Yeah. And you know, she's a liberal. Let's save all these cats. No, <laughs> stop. Don't shove it down our throat every day. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And then what is it called? Ostracized half of his audience. I was a Howard Stern fan oh, for yeah. two decades, dude. We've talked about it before. But anyway, that trip, man, I'm telling you, like, you just keep going and going. And it's like, what is that part of the psyche or the personality that I have to not just want to lay around and just chill? Is it FOMO? I, I guess. I'm the same way, like expect, and especially if if I'm traveling, I'm not a hang around the room, you know, type of guy. I want to go. That was fun. So I've already fun. been invited on another one. The same thing to San Francisco. He's probably the coolest guy in the world. Just, <laughs> it just he is. Isn't Straight Will Clark up. awesome? He like he's just one of us, dude. And that's I think that's a rare thing in those guys, right? You meet a lot more of them than most the way people he treats do. All the people at that stadium, every yeah, it's just nuts, dude. Like. Knows them all by first names, hugging every, and not, not, I'm not talking, of course, knows the announcers and everything by name, but he knows the, the elevator usher. attendants, the ushers, uh, elevator attendants, the, the waitresses. And it's not like a passing by, hey, what's up? It's like a genuine, yeah. how are you, heartfelt sentiment. Hey, like, hey, Debbie, how's your husband? Yeah, good to see you. You're going to be here next week. You know, it's like, dude, yeah, he, crazy. He knows everything. It's crazy, dude. And then when you go to the bar with him, it's like, you know, celebrities are standoffish. Like, if he's, he's got the attitude, like, if I'm going to be in public, 
and people are still going to recognize me 20 years after retirement, you're damn right I'm going to take a picture with him. Guy, you're damn guy right I'm going to say thank you to him. Two different color Sharpies in his pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's cool. Yeah. You know, like you know, most of the, I would say, I don't know. I'm not going to say a percentage. Most of those guys, they don't have a pen on them. And if you asked them to get something signed and, and you didn't have a pen, they're not going to, that's a not, that's never going to happen. They're going to, oh, no. they're going to, you, you better walk up with a pen and what you want signed. That dude's got him in his pocket. I've He'll, heard agents say, I've heard agents say not too long ago when I was in Palo Alto, I heard an agent tell me no shit. Uh, we're uh, trying to get our guys, you know, the, the players they represent trying to get our guys to have two different signatures. And I'm like, what? Oh uh, yeah. Um, you know, when kids are asking to get a ball signed, we want them to sign it one way. So the kid knows they got an autograph, but then their official signature is the one that we go and we license to fan zone or, or some, you know, a memorabilia. I'm like, that is the biggest bullshit. Are you kidding me? Like baseball players are meant to sign autographs. That's what they've been doing since the beginning of time. If you get to make that much money playing a kid's game. And now look, if you're in public and you're eating with your wife, you have every right to get a little bit like, Hey, can we do this later? But you're not a normal citizen anymore. You don't make normal money. You don't make a normal, you don't live a normal lifestyle. You probably have a, a security team. You probably have the ability not to go in public, which you have every right to go in public. It's you just because you get famous doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to go to your favorite restaurant and have a nice little corner booth and have some privacy. I'm not saying that, but your life's not normal anymore. You bit that off. Yep. You you wanted your whole life to become a star, to be a baseball all-star. You think you're not going to – the celebrity's not going to come with that? Right. So to not own it and be like, oh, I'm so sick of people bugging me and, and treat them like shit. No, that's there's no excuse for that. You have to understand that you have the ability to go get on your yacht and just eat dinner in private and shut the fuck up. Right. Have your have your private chef cook for you. Have your out. private chef cook. If you're going to come out in public and one of your fans that are paying 50, 60, 100, 200, there's Giants tickets that are $600 a seat. Oh, yeah. Like you're if you if your fans are paying that. And you don't take the time to say thank you for being a fan and thank you for recognizing me. And here's a signature, dude. Go kick are you kidding? Now look, I'm not saying that start a line of 200 people and stand there and sign them all. There's got to be some coof to this. If you're a true fan, you're not going to go up and bring a hundred people with you. Like Will Clark's in the house. Like fi- how many fans walk by that day at the grill? Oh yeah, they're like, dude, that's Will Clark. And they they're didn't all bother. looking, but they just they all go respected by, yeah. him. And a couple guys when we were walking out, be like, Will the thrill, you the man. And they yep. put their fi- they didn't run up and get a selfie or nothing. The, in the in the couple people that did get the pictures were polite about it, right? If you're waiting in line to for your table to be ready what a great opportunity to walk up and get a photo yeah I'll walk over when the dude's sitting there eating lunch very respectful yeah. there's cooth to it yeah but that whole aura of no pictures it's hot in here it's crowded in here and no i'm not going to sign because i sign at memorabilia tale dude that is the biggest joy in life that you made it to that point and i don't give a fuck if you say i didn't ask for it because as soon as you sign that contract for millions of dollars and have baseball cards and are on national TV and doing interviews and endorsement deals and this and that and this, it's almost your duty mm-hmm. to accept the fact you're not going to be treated different. It could be worse. 
You could be a shitty baseball player. Nobody no wants ever heard of you. Right. You could you could be like the football guys that aren't super famous because they wear helmets. No one knows who they are, so they got a huge ego complex and nobody nobody talks to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, they got to get announced. Like, hey, we're going to be at an autograph signing at a, at a T-Mobile store today. That's fine, too. Yeah. And then you got guys that are in the news all the time, like whether it's Tom Brady or whether it's Mahomes. or You're right. Football players, the ones that get the deals are the, you know, the guys that are – some of them linemen, them tight ends like Kelsey, or there's a new retired lineman that's getting some play on some endorsement deals. But for the Tony Saragoso, before he passed, had had a little bit of a celebrity career going as a commentator and some endorsement deals. But dude, if you get recognized and people do that, like, like I'm talking because I know, like, I'm not saying like, oh, it happens to me like it does football players. But when I was in the Dallas airport, I get 10 selfies taken just in uh, the first hour I was there by hunters that recognize me. I'm not sure. saying that like raw, raw, because I don't give a shit. I'm in the Denver airport with Kennedy and Alyssa, and Alyssa's like, are you kidding me? This is happening right now. People are running up and having me sign their hats and get selfies in the air. Like, we're coming off of those walking sidewalk things, and they're walking along us, and I can tell, like, oh, here it goes. And they'd mm-hmm. walk up, and they're timing it perfectly for when I step off before I get on the next one. I shouldn't be on those anyway. I should be walking, but I got these daughters that are mesmerized by, you know, I got <laughs> Alyssa and her friend Kennedy. They want to get on them. Kennedy never been in an airport before. She never saw one of those things before. Right. So, but all these people are coming up and could you imagine if I'm like, dude, I'm with my daughter right now. No, I would never do that. Why would you? But my daughter was weirded out bad, bad by it. I don't get it. Like, why are they getting you to sign their stuff? Like I'm, she's, you know, she doesn't travel with me in a lot of duck hunting spots during season. So it's like, she was kind of surprised by it, but I would never be like, who are you to ask me for my freaking autograph? Right. I'm surprised that people would want it. A freaking duck hunter. Like, why would you want a selfie with just this duck hunter? Right. That blows my mind. That's, I think that's the humility that should be taken that Will Clark puts like, you're asking me, dude, I'm just a country boy from Louisiana. Right. I'm not, I, I'm I played not, I'm baseball nothing. 20 years ago. I played baseball, a kid's game. Yep. And now I'm a dad. I work in charities. I'm a husband. Yeah. I'm a liaison. I'm an outdoorsman. He's just got the greatest approach to it. Yeah, I wish people would take a cue from him. I mean, I think a lot of guys are cool, but a lot of them aren't, man. You hear and you hear the horror stories of them, and you hear. Look at how what a big influence Barry Bonds was on San Francisco, and he was notorious for being a guy that wouldn't talk to anyone or sign anything, or you know, he wouldn't do anything. And he's changed his tune now. Yeah, back in the day, dude, when the he was media hated him because oh, he yeah. didn't want to deal with him. And I look at it like. Give him his privacy. But again, as a major leaguer, you sign up for that shit. It's part of the gig, man. And you're around, and, and you're, if you're around that ballpark, I mean, those dudes ought to freaking, they ought to budget some time in the day, especially if you're around that ballpark, right? I get it. If you're at a restaurant in, in some other city or whatever, I get it. You know, you want some privacy, you want some, you know, whatever. But you go to the park, if someone catches you on the way in, sign the freaking ball. Yeah. Here's the other thing I was going to say, because I, I, it was Pete Rose that talked about this, which he was a big signer. Well, but they get those guys that freaking take advantage of it, sure, right? I'm There's autograph, what are they, like autograph hunters or yeah. whatever. But you know when that's going on. Yeah. You 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 see the same guy three times in a day, you know what's oh, going on. I saw George kick a guy out of line at Cabela's in Kansas City. Yeah, see? There you go. He knew it right when he saw him. He'd seen him, at other sh- he'd seen him before. Yeah, that's not right, dude. I agree. Like, you know, but the kids are, I guess that's what it always is, right? It's the kids, dude. You sign everything a kid gives you. Yeah. If a grown man comes up to you and wants something, you could, that, you could yeah, tell I him to pounce in. I don't think in. that happens very often. I don't think so either. Those girls that were getting pictures with Will, they, the ladies, that you know, they were just fans. They're just, yeah. he's Mr. San Francisco. He made yeah. baseball cool again. Just like George Brett is the biggest thing in Kansas City sports history. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, he, no matter how big Pat Mahomes is, he'll never be George Brett. He might win the Super Bowl ten times. I don't care. George Brett is Kansas City. He's pretty big in Scottsdale too, he's, man. He's big everywhere. Yeah, I mean he's what? I mean he's big. But he yeah. was he had so many endorsement deals back in the day. That's what me and you forget is that we don't go. We don't. We were young when all that shit was going on on those endorsement oh, deals. Yeah. I mean, he was ringside for Muhammad Ali fights and shit. You know, George Brett was the shit. Oh, you, if we went back to his advertising career, like you said, his endorsement career. Yeah, we uh, don't, we just never paid attention to that guy. What of about stuff. like UFC though? Like maybe some of them are college wrestlers that doesn't have a lot of notoriety. Very few of them are Olympic wrestlers. I know that like Daniel um, Cormier, the heavyweight champion, he was light heavyweight champion for a minute. Dan Henderson was an Olympian. Cejudo was an Olympian. There's there's some that made it to the highest ranks wrestling, but a lot of these guys wasn't Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar was never on the Olympic team, but he was an Olympic wrestler in Minnesota. Um, he was WWE. I mean, the guy's got worldwide fame, right? But a lot of those guys, Brock Lesnar came from a different background. Yeah, he was yeah. already world known when Dana yeah, White got him to come over and fight Frank Mir. Um, and Frank Mir beat him until the rematch. You remember Brock lost Ank- his first match. He ankle locked him. Yeah. Um, my point was is that these guys were. Nowhere near on their road to being famous. A lot of them. You never heard of any of them. UFC makes some household names. Oh, yeah. Then could you imagine like these guys have to sign up to talk even when they lose. They got to go to the press conference and sit there and take questions or they got to talk to Joe Rogan in the octagon after like, oh, man, you know, they they got that six week or eight week camp and they're the hype and the build up of the fight and then weigh ins and all that. They sign up for that shit. But to me, like UFC is a great example of guys that probably never knew they would reach that type of stardom. When you're a baseball player and you're in college baseball, you're signing a lot. You sign a lot of autographs to college baseball. You make the minor leagues. You start to sign autographs. The Baseball America comes out. The projections start to come out. They start to report on you on MLB.com and MLB Network and ESPN and SportsCenter and all that. And you start to gain notoriety. You start to gain status. Same in football. Same in soccer. Same in basketball. You go to the college and you're all over Dick Vitale show and you're all over the, the McDonald's All-American High School game, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden... You get drafted in the NBA and you're in this little city and there's only 18 guys on the team and you attain stardom. These UFC fighters, dude, there's guys fighting in a Reno gym right now on Glendale that have no idea how good they're going to be in the next two years. And they might go on to like Dana White's contender series and win a fight and have a UFC contract. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, this kid from Sun Valley, Washoe County, Nevada is in the limelight signing autographs. Like you look at Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel was just a college wrestler at Penn State. Just like David Magic Man Taylor, just like their coach, Kel Sanderson, you name them, they're there. This guy's worldwide famous now because of his first four fights in the UFC. And he's got this personality and he's marketable and he's doing all this stuff. Congrats to Bo Nickel. He's been on the podcast many times. But you know what I mean? Like Matt Hughes come from this little podunk town in Illinois. He didn't know how to accept celebrity and he sure as fuck didn't know how to deal with it when it was gone. Right. And that's the big thing that happens in, in a lot of these events is how do these fighters and these there's, they got to like be psychologically addressed on how to accept failure. First of all, and how to lose. Yeah. Right. In that big time limelight, talk about failure. And then when the career's over, a lot of them can't take it. A lot of them go dude, where's the private jets. Where's all the fans? Because it's all gone. When Where's it's all over. the adrenaline? Where's all the energy? Where's the walkouts? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like you got to train yourself to be ready for that. Yep. And how to take them on the next part of your career? Some of them become commentators, but some of them that I know have gotten sick from it and hurt 
Like you said, dude, you, you go from the top of the world to nothing because all that shit ends pretty abruptly for those guys. You know, even like a Conor McGregor, dude, he was riding high and then you get a couple losses and some things happen to you and all of a sudden you're not getting those phone calls anymore. You're not getting, you know, he went off the deep end. He's starting to come back around, I guess, but it would be very difficult, man. Be like being the coolest guy in school and then all of a sudden exactly you're out and now, you know, there's movies made about it and stuff, you know. Remember, uh, what's that movie? I can't remember. But uh, Trip, Trip McNeely, you know, was the coolest guy in high school. And then high school's over, and now you got nothing. You know yeah, what I mean? You and you, you got to deal it. with that. You don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. I just think that, you know, going back to what we're talking about is, and I even had this conversation today on a phone call with this manager that we're going to be working with for the event. It's so easy to, like, look into somebody's life and, like, be like, Man, I would love to have that life. What a great life. I deserve that life. Why does he or she get that life? And social media has completely put this Mm. on a level of a lot of people are celebrities without even being good at anything. Right. Because of that shit. Right. They don't even have any credibility. They just have a following because they've figured social media out. But there's so much work that goes into things that people don't understand that I think that social media has given people this altered reality that things can are just there and they're I'm not saying that things aren't conceivable and reachable, right? You can attain your goals. But dude, our world makes everything look so easy to obtain. And like everybody's living their best life all the time. So my point is is that I understand that some of these athletes aren't always going to want to sign an autograph because not everything is always glorious. Not everything is always uppity up, you know, but if you're going to be out in public and you're going to, you know, be a part of the community, you're going to be recognizable. There's just no reason to turn a shoulder to that, in my opinion. But I also think that as the fans, we have to do a good job of understanding that these are just normal people. Right. They, they don't live a normal life, but when they go out, they're not going out to have a hundred people around them watching them chew their roast beef. All right. Is my point. So be respectful of that. Be courteous and cordial and, you know, have some couth about that. Etiquette, I guess is the right word, right? Mm-hmm. Have some etiquette. You probably have shitty bowling etiquette. I bet you like just go no, up I'm and start so bowling. Good. You don't even look to the side nope. of you. I, I have my own bowling ball and shoes. And, but I'll tell I can't good at bowling. Yeah. And I can't believe you even just said that because half the time I don't want to go because for whatever reason you go the bowling lane and they want to put you right next to, they could have five open lanes down, down over here, but they'll put you right next to them. Four kids that they don't even, they just, as soon as the ball comes up, they run up there and throw it. Yeah. And you try to yeah, not you go, go to the manager and say, give me another lane. Yeah. dude. Oh, but anyway, to finish what I was saying before we go off on this bowling deal, cause that we will have a challenge. I just think social media has given us an altered deal of, Two-way street. Everything is easy, right? Like, we can become a country music star. And maybe it has given people that hope. Like, oh, I just got to get a song on TikTok and it blows up and I can become the next Adele or the next Alan Jackson. You know what I mean? It's like before you had to go out and prove yourself and come up in the honky tonks and there wasn't these records. And things change. I get it. But, dude, I'm talking like the people that pay their dues have a lot longer lasting careers, in my opinion. Well, you, I've been looking at, I've been watching a lot of like these, they're like, you know, cooking videos and stuff. Think how many people are in the world cooking. You know what I mean? Cooking for a living. Chefs, Michelin star chefs, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of them. Trained. Trained. Trained culinary experts. Right. And and then there's, then there's these guys that, 
they get on this TikTok thing now or whatever, and they, 100%. I'm not taking anything away from them, but it's like me neither. Part of what I wanted to say was all those guys behind them that are could probably be way better chefs than them are way better chefs than them. They just go do it for work every day, and they would never stand in front of their phone and cook anything. But how hard it is to become that guy, you know, and then. I look at it too like it's hard to be a good chef but then you all now you're willing to stand in front of a camera or your phone or whatever and film all that stuff and it's not easy you were you started to touch on you know people with social media now think everything's so easy all right let's go to commercial break real quick Alex come back and we're going to finish talking about this thing we call social media and if the effects are really beneficial to any of us in an effort to strive for inclusion, Jack Daniels presents This Life Ain't For Everybody, now broadcasting in sign language. Hey, sign language? That's a middle finger! This Life Ain't For Everybody with Chad Belding will return in a moment. Bullshit. So just hold your horses, people. Chad Belding! Vision. I just had a lens retraction surgery last year. It's pretty much like cataracts that you're going to get in your 60s, 70s. Everybody's going to get it. Once you get it, your vision is there. It's never changing. Artificial lenses. I had it at 40s and I'm telling you with what I do with duck hunting and scouting and watching my daughter grow up, I'm just so thankful that I'm back to 2015 in my right eye and 2020 in my left eye thanks to Dr. Matt Mills who you've all heard on our podcast. But I want to protect my eyes and that's exactly where one of our badass partners comes in. Oakley, Oakley eyewear, the Oakley culture, the Oakley lifestyle. Protect your vision when you're shooting, when you're fishing. Nothing worse than getting a hook in the eye with somebody casting on the same boat. You just can't take it for granted. The damage the sun can cause, the rays, the UV, just keeping the dust and the dirt out of your eyes, just everything during a hunt, pit blind, boat blind, it doesn't matter, sun up. They make different lenses for different skies. They're sold all over the world and they support the military and the blue line and conservation and hunting and fishing in the outdoors and living off the land. And we never hunt without our Oakleys. Everybody's like, why you always got your sunglasses on? Shouldn't be wearing sunglasses. You probably shouldn't in turkey hunting. I don't wear them in turkey hunting because of the vision of a turkey and the reflection. But when I'm shooting trap range or the sporting clays or the skeet or the five stand, or I'm in a duck hunt or a goose hunt, I have my Oakleys with me at all time. I put them in my banded backpack. I have them in an Oakley hard case. I keep them protected. The prism lenses everything that goes in to the technology behind the Oakley brand and the frames, the function of them, all of the different lenses that you can get, like I mentioned, and the way they protect our eyes. The prism lens technology is second to none. You got to get a pair of Oakleys. I know there's a lot of choices out there when you want to protect your eyes, but remember, please support the brands that support this lifestyle. Oakley, the official eyewear of the Foul Life TV, the Foul Life podcast, and everything we do here at the provider and where the pavement ends. Thank you so much for supporting. Oakley. You're in the mind of two geniuses. You probably have shitty bowling etiquette. I bet you like just go no, off and start so bowling. Good. You don't even look to the side no, of you. I, I have my own bowling ball and shoes, and I can't believe you even just said that. You're listening to the continuation of Jack Daniels Presents This Life Ain't For Everybody, the Breaking It Down edition with Chad Building and Alex Crosby. And it's brought to you in part by Jack Daniels, Bad Boy Mowers, Resist All Hats, Corning Ford, and Oakley Sunglasses. Let's get back to the boys. Everybody, what's going on? Chad Building, Breaking It Down, Chad and Alex. You're going to hear a little bit more about social media. We talk about it all the time. But it's do you not think easy. it's more of a fact that people really think that somebody gives a shit? Like, I, you go cook a recipe and you're like, oh, they're going to love watching this. 
Like, who's really watching it? Who's really paying attention? Are you really moving the needle? When you put that recipe out there, are you selling $100,000 no. a week in pots and pans and ceramic dishes well, like like Morgan Ramsay does? Or They or, start to get that way, maybe. But, they might get an endorsement deal. Yeah. If somebody goes, hey, you're getting 20,000 likes or views of video on your reels. We're going to pay you some money to get our product in there. Yeah. But are they really trained to where they can go out and get in front of an audience and 600 people and say, hey, this no. is what we're doing? Like, that's the difference in those guys. Oh, yeah. It's like there's just no accountability when it comes to attaining the rights to be credible or celebrity. And it's like, you're really you have you have a big following based on what? Like, you don't do anything. It's funny because no one's tasted their food. Nobody. Right. So you could you could put on a really flashy presentation and, you know, be sauteing everything and throwing all the cre- and, and it could taste like complete crap. But COVID gave all these guys something to do because they can do it in their kitchen by themselves where no one's around. Like you said, can you go to the steakhouse at the nugget tomorrow night and, and cook for 200 people and have it taste good? Can you cook for a party of 25? Can you do a catering? Can you, that's you know, what I'm wondering. Yeah, that's what I can. I know you can. I can. But. I'm also guilty of making those videos, but I'm looking at it like if I didn't make a livelihood off of the way that our brands are built. You have a difference. Yeah, you have a different thing. But again, just because I'm cooking a, a meal for Traeger on my deal or Napa Valley olive oil or the provider, American almond beef. Nobody out there knows if it tastes good or not. I mean, sure. most people, you saw the comments on my well, mallard duck. When the guys ate that mallard duck, every one of them were like, dude, that's the best shit I've ever tasted well, in my I mean, life. I was going to say, you you typically feed 10 to 12 people every yeah. time you cook anyway. But. And, uh, but, and then the world wrote in and said, that, you're oh, the yeah. biggest piece of shit, wannabe, loser. Uh, we talked about that and on why here, do you want to set yourself up like that and take on the haters? Hating is fine. You can be a hater. It's just one of those things to where it's like, I'm not a trained chef, though. I'm just a trained camp cook. I've cooked around enough camps to where I feel credible to where I could go into any situation and anybody's refrigerator and throw down a meal to make people happy. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to sit there and try to portray myself as a culinary expert. Sure. And I don't think these people on social media are trying to be experts, but they're, they're all doing this at a frantic pace of, I got to get another recipe out. I got to get another recipe out because they build these little audiences. And these audiences can consist of, let's say, 40,000 people follow. Then you put a reel on, and I guess the algorithms will tell how many people see that reel, and you attain the attraction, get to gather the attraction or the attention of new potential followers, and they can click follow, and now you get some new followers. But what is the retention rate, and what is really happening with the needle moving? This credibility of, let's just take the hunting space. You have these people, big audiences that that – don't move the needle because there's no credibility. And it's they, just like, oh, for my discount code, go on and do this because I'm a pretty person or I get, I'm a good looking dude. There's no credibility in that. No. But it's the same thing in music. There's no credibility to me that you got a record deal off of a stupid ass song you put on TikTok to each their own. The world's free enterprise, but it's not credibility. It's not respect. It's like to know how Travis Tritt did it is the story you want to hear. Right. Everybody's got a different story. I know people could come on here and be like, times have changed. The way that you get attention of people are different. But is it really? Is this social media thing really have legs that all these people, maybe we are just full of so many talented people in the world that this gave them the platform to showcase that you don't have to move to Nashville to get a record deal. Hey, we'll, we'll see what this new kid, right? That Anthony Oliver or whatever that 
because he, you know, he he has one song on TikTok that I'm aware of, or what it's all over now. But I mean, what's his second song and third song? You look at look at George Strait's got what fifty number one songs. I mean, it is totally different. I think we could say that, like you said, you could go down the line of the hunting industry. You could go to people have lost longevity as it is in every aspect. You know what I mean? People don't hold the same job that they used to people, you know, actresses and actors don't have the same kind of careers that they used to. Musicians are the same way. It seems like there's a lot of one hit wonder, one show wonders, one movie wonders. It's people that you think are really good. And then they're just gone. You know, gone. it's a weird time. It's moving so fast is what it is, right? Yeah, just ever changing. Yeah. That's, I guess a good way to put it is that, and I, and I get all over your ass about scrolling all the time or whatever you call that. It's just so much. It's like, what are you really getting at? But is it entertainment? Like, are you entertained by it? You say you don't watch TV anymore, but that shit's not entertaining. If we're sitting here telling you that all these non-credible people are entertaining you, then they are credible. They're keeping you entertained. I, that's what's funny, too, is I typically don't even follow the – because. A lot of like, I see one thing cool. That's one thing I look at is like, I see something cool and then I look at their page and it's like a bunch of junk that went with the one thing that was cool. And I'm like, I don't want to see all that junk. And I've followed people before because I'm like, that guy's funny. And then I get to see the real thing and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. And I just go away from it, you know? And I, it, TV's not that way, but I mean, shows sometimes are that way right you could you see the trailer for like i saw a trailer for a movie the other day it looked really good how many times you've been let down by that then you watch the movie and you're like this is terrible, oh yeah like dude. that me and clay talk about all the time it's like you watch these tv shows that come out and they spend a hundred grand on an intro the intro's like damn man yeah. that's gonna be badass and then the rest of the 22 minutes of content you're like this is that's, terrible that's obviously <laughs> not the, that was a, that was false advertisement right yeah exactly it's yeah. kind of how it works i don't know that hour went by fast I hope that people understood that we're not trying to say that there's not talented people in the world. It's just that everybody thinks everybody cares what they're doing because of social media. My only question is, is who's really watching? What are the algorithms really doing? And are you really moving the needle? Everybody's a fashion expert. Everybody is a dance expert. Everybody's a cooking expert. Everybody's a calling and a cook and a, and a killing and a, and a guitar player. And there are, there's all this, people out there that are putting all of these videos up is it really making a difference when you put that video up what is the gratification really doing is it making you revenue because i'm sure that some people make some revenue off of social media but i would bet you 98 percent of people don't mm -hmm. it's just a feel-good deal like oh somebody's gonna care that my kid took his first walk or that i made this fucking omelet they don't know what it tastes like, but I'm going to show them that you could crack eggs a different style. They're fluffy. You could put the tortilla in there first and cook the eggs on top of it. Now I'm like, dude, people have been doing that shit for years. I'm glad that you saw somebody else did it, and now you're regurgitating it on, on your deal. Right. That's fine. But is it really worth it? What are we really doing by filling up our, plat our channels, our handles, or whatever you call these things that we have channels, I guess, with content? What are we really getting out of it? When you put up a picture of you at Sturgis or I put up a picture of a duck hunt, I'm trying to grow a brand. That's my excuse. Is that just an excuse? Or mentally, am I like, somebody's really going to give a shit that well, I'm a good well, hunter? Well, you know who's getting something from it is them. <laughs> the Zucker brand? Zuckerberg's worth more than freaking almost as much All as of them. Elon Musk. Elon Musk owns Twitter now. He's the richest guy in the world. I mean, yeah, yeah. they're the ones that are winning. We but, just, but, we're but their are, employees. Are, are we really doing anything as citizens and people of the no. world? Do people really give a shit? No. 
that I let's just see something that's on the foul life, and then we're going to end it by this. Our post doves cooking the other night. That remember that dinner I told you I did. Yeah, yeah. This badass recipe, by the way. These tasted. Um, this is one thing that I got confessions on. This was an amazing dove recipe. They were shot the day before, put in the refrigerator, plucked them out with a list of the day after. And I documented this stuff of the opening day doves and the anticipation and being with my daughter and cooking with you my friends. You made some kind of a marinade? Uh, no, no marinade. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Marinade. Yeah, yeah, I did. The day before I put them in that marinade. With oranges yeah, and something else. Yeah, so just yeah. to break them down with some acidity in it and and um, dry some, rubbed them with the provider foul rub. Then some bacon grease drizzled on them. I four, saw. I watched four, it. Four thousand two hundred and twenty-two people liked it. There's more people that live within a mile of me <laughs> that are four thousand two hundred twenty-two people. No, that's a lie. A little bit. This valley has more than five thousand people in it. You know what would be interesting? Let but me wait just, a minute. Let me finish. Let me. Let me okay. Five thousand people like that. Four thousand two hundred twenty-two people like this. There's three hundred ninety million people in America, let alone the world. Right. But then you look at the views. 122,000 people have watched that dove video. But only 4,000 cared to hit like? That or 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 I don't know the algorithms. Here. You go down to one more video and I'm just going to then I'll end it by letting you finish this podcast. This video right here, the escalator yep, the at dog. Honey Break. Axel's coming up with a duck. I called it the uh, Honey Break escalator. Ain't nothing better than the duck escalator at Honey Break. Yeah. 27,440 people liked it. Wow. Okay. 320,000 people watched it. So there's more than 27,000 people between here and McCarran. Okay. Between there's, there's 500,000 people that live in this community. Right. It's 27,000 people. That's good though on social media. I know, but is it like who yeah. gives a shit? Like, is it really that good that Rock has seventy million people follow him? He's got three million people that like a thing, which is t- not you know barely ten percent, not even ten percent of his followers. What are they really doing? Are they going to every Rock movie? Are they buying his tequila? Is it really working? Is this thing a? Is it a marketing genius plan that people can sell product like crazy, or is it this self gratification thing that Rock really thinks people are getting fired up to watch him work out in his private gym with his private trainer, with his private nutritionist, with his private cook, with all of his million dollar meals and his million dollar jet? Is it really worth showing all of that off, or is it just a raw raw self gratification thing? Does he really give a shit if he influences anybody? I'm not picking on the Rock. I respect the guy; he's good. But is he really? think that oh by putting this video up of me doing pull downs again and that i'm the hardest work in the room dude you've been doing pull downs your whole life you're built like a freaking <laughs> tyrannosaurus rex but he's like brock lesnar he he was already famous before But brock lesnar don't do that shit that's what i'm saying I, but that's what i'm saying is like so what i was gonna say is you should put a dove popper recipe up and see which one gets more hits uh <laughs> is that what you were gonna say yeah you might I interrupted you yeah, from saying that yeah because but i believe that right because that was an, an in-depth recipe and i think a lot of people they equate the dove to the dove popper maybe you should do that but those ultra famous dudes i don't think they're getting anything out of it i i think you know but there are some people that have had nothing and just built up that following online. And again, I would ask the same question. What what are you getting out of it? Are you selling a t-shirt? Are you selling a hat? Are you selling a friggin' whatever? Cause you, like you said, there's some people getting paid on social media, but there's not a lot. I don't know the answer, dude. I hate these conversations are so hard to have because we, but could, we don't know. Well, people could just be like, you're such a bitch. You're bitching yeah. about it. You're making money on like, I just wish it would all go away. 
It's such a weird concept. It really is. It's such a weird concept to me, Alex, that all these people are waking up in the morning and filming their coffee being poured and putting something up there like. And that's a living. If it wasn't for coffee, I wouldn't fucking be able to drive. I'm like, how many times a week are you going to tell the world that you drink coffee? Who gives a shit dot com? They got to have some kind of mental deal of like, I think people care that I'm drinking coffee again today. 99% 99% of the freaking world drinks coffee in the morning. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean? Hi, hi. There's a it's reason there, why human being and Starbucks and all these coffee shops, Seattle cost Seattle's best, whatever. It's a phenomenon. Black rifle coffee's public now. Yeah. Who gives a shit that you drink coffee? Yeah. But it's dude, crazy to me. It's crazy hey, that our world. I, I talk, I, I heard from a guy the other day that, that's what's happening to the workforce, man. The the kids don't want to go work in a pizza parlor anymore because the kids can start a, a YouTube account and video themselves putting their makeup on or doing their hair in the morning and put that out there and they get, you know, subscriptions to the YouTube page at five bucks a piece and they can earn 500 bucks a, a month and that's what they would have made at a pizza parlor so they don't work at a pizza parlor crazy, anymore. Right? They don't have to leave their house. They don't have to be social. They don't have to learn about other human beings. They don't have to learn how to drive. They don't have to, they can just sit in their house and do that. And it's sit crazy. All right, that's enough bitching. That is. This life ain't for everybody. I'm breaking it down. I hope you all enjoyed that. Alex, thank you. We'll be back with another episode. Hope you all are enjoying the new episodes. Thanks for the downloads and the, all of the subscriptions. And thank you to Jack Daniels, Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. We'll be back at you with another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Everybody.